I'm Elizabeth Slattery, and welcome to SCOTUS 101, where we break down what's happening at the Supreme Court, what the justices are up to, and other things related to our favorite branch of government. This is a special summer session edition of SCOTUS 101, and today I'm joined by Ed Whalen, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center and a frequent contributor to National Review Online. Welcome back to SCOTUS 101, Ed. Thank you, Elizabeth. So this week, we're talking about some of the falsehoods about Brett Kavanaugh that are in the media and the Supreme Court confirmation process. So first up, there are a few legal issues we keep hearing about in the news. Obamacare's pre-existing conditions coverage, Roe v. Wade and abortion, and the Russia investigation. So, Ed, let's take these one by one and explain what's going on with each of these uh, each of these things. So, a few red state Democrats have said that their support will hinge on how Kavanaugh views pre-existing conditions, which sounds like they think he's running for state insurance commissioner and not uh, and not being appointed to the Supreme Court. So, Ed, what what's the deal with this one? Well, this is almost too convoluted to describe. When I first heard it, I um, was really puzzled what was even being talked about. Look, there is a lawsuit in Texas that involves um, a uh, claim that the um, individual mandate in, in, uh, under Obamacare uh, should now be deemed not severable from the rest of the act and that the whole act ought, ought to fall. This, I emphasize, is a case that's at the district court level. Um, many experts in the field on both sides of the aisle um, uh, believe that it will never get anywhere close to the Supreme Court. And what's more, um, even if it did, um, uh, um, Judge Kavanaugh has expressed views about severability that are, that are um, very much opposed to the theory here. And even if he didn't, he would simply be replacing uh, Justice Kennedy. In other words, uh, there's no reason to think that 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 uh, that um, there's any prospect that this case is going to um, generate the result that um, that Kavanaugh's critics say. Okay, moving on to Roe v. Wade. This is something we've heard going back to Sandra Day O'Connor's Supreme Court confirmation in the 1980s, that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. In fact, during David Souter's confirmation in 1990, the National Organization for Women ran ads that said, stop Souter or women will die. So, Ed, what's what's your take on this? There's only one justice on the court who's clearly on record uh, opposed to Roe. Uh, that's Justice Thomas. There are three others whose um, whose stances on the matter are unclear. And that's right. And we we don't necessarily know where the other members of the court would be on this issue. And it's important to keep in mind that the court can't just pluck issues out of the news and rule on them. But turning to the Russia investigation, this has to do with an article that Judge Kavanaugh wrote in 2009. Senator Cory Booker told TMZ, I don't think this president could have chosen somebody that better protects him from a special counsel investigation. Ed, what's the issue here? Well, uh, Judge Kavanaugh has um, adopted well, uh, the entirely mainstream position, or has seemed to adopt, it's not entirely clear, uh, the, the mainstream position embraced by, um, as one liberal law professor puts it, um, you know, most um, co- constitutional academics, embraced by P- President Clinton's Office of Legal Counsel in the Justice Department, that a sitting president um, cannot be indicted. Um, as uh, Judge Kavanaugh uh, emphasized in that article, the alternative is impeachment. So this is not a notion that a president should, should get off um, scot-free, uh, not at all. But it's that our constitutional system contemplates um, that uh, in the case of uh, gross misbehavior by a president, that that, uh, impeachment is a norm, uh, not 
not criminal indictment. Now, you know, there, there, there are some people who take the other side on that. I don't mean to say it's, it's open and shut. But there's nothing um, at all uh, extraordinary about the, the uh, view that uh, Judge Kavanaugh seems to have taken on this. Uh, actually, the 2009 article, uh, in, in that article, he was proposing legislative solutions, uh, proposals from Congress that would um, make sure that the president wasn't distracted by um, a uh, criminal indictment while in office. Uh, and so the very fact that he was uh, uh, seeking these um, legislative enactments, uh, you know, indicates, um, you know, some uncertainty on his part, I think, as to exactly what the Constitution would, would dictate here. So next up, there are a few process objections. Some Democrats in the Senate are saying that they shouldn't confirm a Supreme Court justice during a mid- midterm election year. But Elena Kagan, Stephen Breyer, and plenty of others in the past were confirmed in midterm election years. So, so Ed, do you think this holds any water? No, not at all. It's, it's, it's an effort to, um, obviously, to uh, distort and misplay what um, Senator McConnell had to say uh, in 2016 about uh, presidential election years, again, in a context in which you had uh, opposite party control of the, the Senate and the White House. Look, the essential political fact here is that um, Republicans have the majority in the Senate, um, and uh, they um, can and will um, dictate how things proceed. That's uh, the way it's uh, long been. And, uh, you know, this sort of uh, silly gamesmanship by some Democratic senators will not get them anywhere. And then there's the document dump coming from the Bush Library. Do you expect to see anything controversial coming out of that? No, and this is a you know a, a massive fishing expedition. Here you have a judge who's been um, on the, the uh, D.C. Circuit for a dozen years. Uh, if anyone wants to understand um, his legal mind, his rulings there um, provide the best measure of it. And the notion that um, you, that anyone's going to you know pour through these massive documents uh, and find something that's 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 uh, you know significant in light of his judicial record is 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 is, is far fetched. Uh, you know, look, look, some people are 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 aiming at this primarily for the purpose of obstruction and delay. Others might hope that there's some sort of indiscreet comment that might be politically embarrassing. Who knows about a sitting senator, for example? Um, you know, I think I think that's uh, uh, far-fetched. I hope, in particular, that Republicans, um, you know, handle this expeditiously in a way that uh, doesn't let this um, stretch things out. And finally, there are the pot shots. Stephen Colbert and others are referring to Kavanaugh, who is, of course, a highly respected appeals court judge, as Brett the frat boy. Can you imagine the hysteria if if a group made this kind of claim about a about a woman? I mean, not a not a frat boy, but you know, something along yeah. those lines. <laughs> you no, know, it'd be amazing. Even um, I've seen headlines, uh, you know, referring to him by his uh, first name and um, you know legal articles. I can't imagine that you would have seen, uh, you know, uh, similar articles referring to Sonia or Elena. Um, so. Um, yeah, it's a very uh, weird attack, and I think um, highlights how um, Kavanaugh's critics really have no ammunition. And what's remarkable um, at this point, uh, um, a week into uh, the nomination, and obviously um, uh, over a period of months in which it's been um, evident that um, Judge Kavanaugh was a leading candidate, is how um, 
there are no um, meaningful criticisms of him from Democratic senators, nothing about his record. So, again, it's this effort to uh, engage in these cheap shots and uh, silly attacks. And I, I, you know, maybe this plays to their base. I can't imagine it plays to, um, um, you know, most most Americans. And then the last thing, the biggest scandal that's been uncovered so far, Kavanaugh is a baseball fan, and he used a credit card to buy Nats tickets for himself and a group of friends. Ed, what do you think about this hard-hitting news coverage? Oh, you know, I, I tell you, if you have a baseball fan on the Supreme Court, what, what, what will happen? <laughs> Look, what happened here, too, of course, is he um, he bought the tickets for the group, as I understand it. He bought them in December, and they reimbursed him in January. So just by the the, 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 the fluke of the reporting requirements, you have this this uh, you know debt reported in December, which was um, you know immediately satisfied by his uh, friends reimbursing him for the tickets he bought on their behalf. So uh, no, somehow I don't think that this will uh, have much traction. But uh, again, it's not clear what else will. It's been striking to me that that uh, so far, at least on on Twitter, one of the issues that um, the left has seemed eager to revisit is whether it was uh, uh, foolish or not for them to filibuster um, uh, Neil Gorsuch and thereby um, trigger the abolition of the filibuster. Um, I think it was a wonderfully um, idiotic move on their part, and the fact that many of them don't even seem to realize it, and indeed that some of those who who led that maneuver are now in charge of the campaign against uh, Judge Kavanaugh is very encouraging. That's right. They have uh, their, their sol- themselves to blame. So people on the left are losing their minds. And I, for one, think that it's going to backfire as the American people get to know Judge Kavanaugh over the course of this summer. I think they're going to like what they see and recognize that these claims are, are hollow and uh, there's not much to them. Well, thanks, Ed. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for listening to SCOTUS 101. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please leave us a rating if you enjoy listening. Please also follow us on Twitter at SCOTUS 101, and you can email us at SCOTUS 101 at heritage.org with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. You've been listening to SCOTUS 101, executive produced by Elizabeth Slattery, sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersat. For more information, visit heritage.org. Did you know you can now listen to all of our events through SoundCloud or just by visiting our events page on heritage.org? You now have access to hundreds of events and compelling discussions on policy issues from your car, on the train, or the comfort of your own home. Visit heritage.org events for more information or search for the Heritage Foundation on SoundCloud.